0: Filthy Henry, The Fairy Detective, Chapter 1 Michael held the door to the main bedroom closed, using all his strength to keep the handle in the upright position. It was the only way he could keep whatever was in the bedroom from getting out. He would have preferred it if the door had been made out of ten-inch thick steel with a few deadbolts, but bedroom doors generally came in the wooden variety these days. Things like metal doors with multi-locks were classed both as specialist items and also a strange request to have installed in the house. A creak on the stairs made him look over his shoulder to see Jane, his wife, coming up with two mugs of tea in her hands. She carefully sat down on the top stair and placed one of the mugs down on the carpet beside her. There's still no sign of him, Michael asked her, eyeing the second cup of tea with longing. No, Jane said, but he'll be here. On the other side of the door came the sound of something expensive falling over and smashing. This was followed by the pounding of little feet across the floor. The little swine, Michael snarled. what's that going to achieve, Jane asked. You know there's nobody in there to hear you. Well it might make me feel better, he said, irritated. I still reckon it's just rats we have. We just need to call an exterminator to sort it out. Michael hadn't been happy when he had agreed to let some witch doctor into their house. A supposed exorcist who no doubt got his jollies by prancing around in nothing but his birthday suit. So if you think it's just rats, why are you holding the door closed? Jane asked. I had to keep whatever it really is in there. At least until your voodoo man shows up. Then it's his problem. Michael said. Jane shrugged and took another sip from her drink. Michael would have bet good money that this whole problem was Jane's fault. She was forever buying random knick-knacks from traders on the street because they told her some horse-crap story about the magical powers the object had. Things that promised good fortune. Powders that prolonged life and improved health. Stones that offered protection from various types of wild tigers that were known to roam the Dublin suburbs. It was only a matter of time before she picked up something that actually was a little bit out of the norm. Something that did defy logic and reason and science. Something that was properly cursed. This guy's nearly an hour late, Michael said, looking at his watch. An hour. I'd hate to have to rely on him if this was an emergency. Like, imagine we had a possessed girl in there, shooting vegetable soup out all over the place. He's not a priest, Jane said and make sure you don't go calling him one when he's here. I got his number through a friend of mine. My gran says he's the best in the business. Yeah, conning old bints out of their pensions. That's what he does, Michael thought. Not hard to be good at that sort of gig. The doorbell rang. He's here, Jane whispered. He can't bloody hear through walls, and you're sitting at the top of the stairs, Michael said. Just go let him in. I'm getting tired holding this handle. Jane went downstairs to answer the door. Michael leaned back as far as he could, kept a firm grip on the bedroom door handle and craned his neck to try and get a view of the hall below. He could just about see between the banisters. Jane had opened the door and greeted their late night arrival. She brought the visitor inside and closed the front door behind him. Michael had spent the last few hours painting a mental picture of what their guest would look like. This tardy visitor was going to be some madman all crazy hair and thick bottle-bottomed glasses that enlarged his eyes to the size of melons. There would no doubt be a smell of old cabbages coming from him. All in all, Michael expected to see someone that would probably have considered a straitjacket as a required fashion accessory, which was an image that changed rapidly when the visitor stepped into full view at the bottom of the stairs. Standing in the hall, dripping slightly from the rain outside, was a man in his early thirties, at Jane's request, their late-night guest had taken off his rain-soaked trench coat and hugged it at the end of the stairs. You're an hour late. Do you know that? Michael shouted down the stairs. Ah, It's a good thing I only charge for the hours I'm actually here then, isn't it? came the reply. Who's that then? Oh, that's my husband, Michael, Jane said. He's trapped the uh, the presents in our bedroom upstairs and is holding the door closed. Come here and I'll show you. They both came up the stairs. Jane stepped just inside the bathroom doorway, allowing their guests to stand on the landing behind Michael. I'm Michael, Michael said. "You'll Forgive me for not shaking your hand, I'm kind of busy here. Ah, not at all, the visitor said. I'm Filthy Henry, the fairy detective. Filthy Henry? What sort of name is that? Michael asked. Well, the one I just gave you, replied Filthy Henry. But you must have a surname. Your first name surely isn't Filthy. I never give out my family name, Filthy Henry said, looking about the landing with interest. Don't think I even remember what it is. Well, I'm not doing business with you until you tell me your full name. God knows you could just run off with all our money. Michael, Jane hissed. Filthy Henry's stare snapped back to Michael, looking him directly in the eyes. Then it would seem we've something of an impasse. Michael adjusted his position so that he could get a better look at their visitor. Filthy Henry's hair was a mixture of greys and ginger. He was tall, easily over six feet, but seemed to stoop a little to make himself appear smaller. The brown suit that he wore looked like it had seen better days. Those days having been a few decades ago. His shirt had taken on that lovely grey hue that white shirts tended to over time. He was leaning against the wall nonchalantly, with his hands in his pockets, almost as if waiting for something to happen. So what are you then? Something goes bump in the night. People call you to bump back? Michael asked, feeling proud of the not-so-subtle insult. Filthy Henry simply smiled. That's at all. Those things that go bump in the night. I'm one of them. Oh, for God's sake, Michael thought. So Jane, Filthy Henry said, turning to face her. Tell me, what exactly has been going on here? Before Jane could speak Michael interjected Things are getting moved about at night Stuff broken Empty rooms making a lot of noise Filthy Henry glared at Michael I didn't know you were called Jane as well Please Continue female Jane He said Standing up straight and facing her Now wait a second Michael began Filthy Henry turned quickly on the spot And pointed at Michael with his right index finger the lights on the landing dimmed for a split second. Michael could have sworn that a blue glow outlined Filthy Henry's hand. It grew in intensity briefly, the leap from the tip of his finger into the air. Be Filthy Henry said, his voice echoing as if they all stood in a great empty hall. Something invisible smacked Michael in the mouth, causing his head to jolt back a little. The lights returned to normal and the glow around the furry detective disappeared. Now, if you wouldn't mind telling me the rest of the details, Filthy Henry said to Jane, turning back to face her once more. It kind of helps if I have all the facts. Every button of Michael's had been pushed at this stage. Someone had come into his home and told him to be quiet. In Irish. And bad Irish. If a teacher in primary school had ever managed to make Michael obey such an instruction, then this suit-wearing Muppet had no chance. Listen, You unmitigated tosser! Get out of my house right now and I pray I'll never see you again. That was what Michael said or at least tried to say but in place of his voice there was silence. Nothing. Try as he might he couldn't say a single word. Can't speak he thought panicked. Jane had stopped blabbering on about their invisible tenant and looked over at Michael. He was furiously moving his lips trying to talk. "'Is he going to be okay? Jane asked, shyly pointing at Michael. "'Ah, don't worry about him,' Filthy Henry said with a dismissive wave of his hand. "'He'll be all right in an hour. "'I just needed him to shut up while you told me the rest of the story. "'He's got a rather irritating attitude problem. "'You should see about getting him into some class that teaches manners. "'I know a good dog trainer if you want his number.' "'To Michael he said, "'Why don't you go and pop the kettle on? "'Make Jane a nice cup of tea. "'There's a good lad.' I can handle it from here. Michael forgot all about keeping the door closed and let go of the handle. He clenched his fists and took a step towards the fairy detective. Filthy Henry simply raised his hand up, gesturing for Michael to stop. Just think about this course of action, sunshine, Filthy Henry said, a sinister tone in his voice. The shadows around his eyes had deepened as he stared at Michael. You can either go make the tea... And then sit down on the couch voluntarily or I can make you sit down while you soil yourself for the next ten minutes. Totally your call. Michael had never backed down from a fight. Never walked away from an argument. It was hard to admit defeat when you were never wrong to begin with. Right then, given that this strange man had somehow managed to take his voice, Michael decided that the best way to face his opponent was to advance in reverse. He barged past Filthy Henry giving him a not-so-accidental shoulder bump, then went down the stairs. A victory was still a victory, no matter how small. At the foot of the stairs, Michael stopped and looked up at Jane. He gestured for her to follow him. It's all right, Filthy Henry said, stepping aside so she could get past. I can handle things from here. Just go into the living room and don't leave again until I come back down, no matter what you hear happening up here. Stay downstairs with the door closed. With that, Jane followed Michael down the stairs, continuing into the living room, before Michael shut the door angrily behind her. Filthy Henry flicked the light switch beside the bathroom door, plunging the landing into darkness. Whatever was in that bedroom needed light to see. It didn't matter who your parents were. An eyeball was an eyeball. The only difference was that some eyeballs could work better in less light than others. Luckily Filthy Henry had a trick up his sleeve that helped him to see in the dark. Something that came from his innate magical nature. After all, to be a fairy detective, you needed to see through the veil that separated the two worlds. Otherwise you were just some madman running around the place. He closed his eyes for a second and turned on his fairy vision. His second sight that allowed him to see the fairy creatures that inhabited the world. Or, to be more precise, the magical realm that existed right beside the normal world, hidden from sight. He opened his eyes and looked around. Immediately the world brightened, becoming varying shades of blue. It was like wearing night vision goggles, only without the actual need to look like an idiot wearing night vision goggles. Filthy Henry did a quick magical reserve check. So far, he had only cast the silencing spell today, which barely cost any energy to begin with. This meant that he still had practically a full magical tank in him. More than enough power, to cast one big spell or a lot of little ones. Given the disturbances Jane had told him about over the phone, there was nothing at all dangerous up here. It was going to be an open and shut case, but it always paid to be prepared. He crept over to the bedroom door and pressed his ear against it, listening for any movement coming from the other side. There was nothing to be heard. Reaching down, Filthy Henry took hold of the door handle and slowly turned it opening the bedroom door as quietly as possible. He peered into the room through the slight gap but could see nothing moving at all. The shades of blue, better than any military-grade night-vision scope, showed everything in perfect sapphire-tinted detail. Filthy Henry slowly moved his head around the door to get a look at the rest of the room. It was your typical bedroom. A double bed in the centre of the floor, lockers on either side of it, with lamps on them. Along the back wall stood a large wardrobe. The windows had their blinds pulled closed but a little bit of light from the street shone through. Then Filthy Henry spotted movement on the far side of the bed. There was a creature rummaging around in the top drawer sniffing at things as it pulled them out before discarding them to the floor and searching in the drawer once more. It was no taller than a foot and a half at the most with a scrawny frame that would have made a weight-concerned skeleton consider going on a diet. Two elongated ears spread out like small wings on the creature's head. A pointed cap perched between them at what was probably meant to be a jaunty angle. Filthy Henry was somewhat relieved at the sight of the creature. There was always the chance that one of these seemingly standard cases would result in a nasty surprise. It added a degree of uncertainty to the job that he hated. But here it was, nothing more than a simple red man. Even a child could handle one of these without resorting to magic. Red men were one of the lowest forms of fairy in the fairy world, mainly because they had very little to offer, very little to even justify being classed as a fairy. They were notorious for just being pranksters, although their definition of what constituted a prank was wildly different from the one shared by the rest of the world, be it human or fairy. A few centuries ago, the king of the fairies had tried to reclassify the red men race as deformed humans, wanting to trim the evolutionary tree of fairy kind and make the man's problem. It wasn't a bad plan, as plans went. Only the execution part of it failed. The fairy king had slightly lost his mind and made the declaration in the middle of his hall stark naked. It's kind of hard to follow the instructions of royalty while you're avoiding an accidental eyeful of wobbling genitalia. As a result, the king was quickly removed from power and the red men continued being fairies. Since the red men played pranks on whomever they wanted, regardless of race, it wasn't uncommon to find one living in a human house and causing mischief. They had no real magical powers at all. It was as if the entire race had slept in, on the day all the useful fairy parts were being handed out. They could avoid being seen by humans if they wanted to. A feat that was as impressive as pointing out you could breathe. But that was about it. Filthy Henry brought up his right foot, quietly, and pulled his shoe off as silently as possible. He took aim, and like a ninja short on cash for throwing stars, lobbed the shoe towards the creature's head. The shoe sailed through the air with the grace of a duck falling from the sky. It flew over the bed, and connected with the side of the red man's head, knocking the creature sprawling to the ground. Filthy Henry wasted no time. As soon as the shoe had left his hand, he fully entered the room, closed and locked the door behind him, then flicked on the light switch. His vision returned to normal, the blue outlines of objects gone. Pocketing the room key, Filthy Henry walked around the bed and looked down at the red man as it rubbed its head. The creature's skin was a dark shade of red, a maroon colour, thus where the race got its name. Originality was another thing that was lacking amongst the red men race. It had on a pair of blue shorts tied around the waist with a length of rope. Its hat was a bright yellow colour, in no way matching anything about the creature. Scattered on the ground around the creature were various types of women's underwear. Bras, knickers, pants and what looked like a shoelace made from silk. That was uncalled for, the red man said, glaring up at the fairy detective. Wait, how can you see me? Don't worry about that for the minute. Pass me my shoe, Filthy Henry said. He held out his hand and clicked his fingers twice. The red man did as instructed, tossing the shoe up in the air towards Filthy Henry. So, what the hell's a red man doing here? More to the point, why are you trawling through women's underwear? It shouldn't have been possible to notice, given his complexion, but Filthy Henry would have sworn that the red man went red from embarrassment. The creature stopped rubbing the side of its head. It suddenly found everything else in the room more interesting to look at, staring at anything to avoid looking at the fairy detective. As it looked around, the red man tried just as hard to avoid looking at the assortment of underwear on the floor around it. Sometimes it's just too easy, filthy Henry thought. You're a cross-dresser, he said, arching an eyebrow, indicating the array of garments on the floor with a nod of his head. No, I'm not, the red man said. It's just the, the fabric softener stuff. Plus, it, it it's just so, it's so soft and it smells so good. The creature trailed off and simply sat there. Staring at the floor, it reached out and picked up a bra, rubbing one of the cups against its cheek. Red men were one of the strangest races of fairy that Filthy Henry had ever dealt with. Aside from their penchant to play pranks, they were easily addicted to scents and textures. No two enjoyed the same smells, but the addiction was always the same a strange, overpowering compulsion to get as much of the smell as possible. Right now, this pathetic excuse for a fairy was caught with its hand in the fabric-softened cookie jar. Getting rid of it was going to be as easy as pie. "'I'll make a deal with you,' Filthy Henry said, "'rather than report you for breaking the rules.' Instantly the red man's ears picked up, points wiggling slightly in anticipation. "'Really?' it asked, sounding cautious. "'Yeah, really,' the fairy detective said. "'I've been hard to get rid of you permanently, "'but what's a little underwear sniffing between friends, right?' He winked at the red man. So here's what I propose. You can stay in the house for as long as you want and every night the humans will leave out three freshly washed pieces of underwear for you to enjoy. We are to stop with this nightly raiding and I don't want to get called back here anytime soon because things are still going bump at the night. Understood? You get your nightly fix. They get to think that for some reason they've magical underwear that keeps pixies at bay. Filthy Henry watched as the creature considered the proposal. The red man stood up, straightened what little attire it had and held out a little hand. Well, you've got a deal, Mr... Henry. Filthy Henry, Filthy Henry said, taking the hand and shaking it firmly three times. Two little blue sparks appeared, one over each hand. They floated into the air, joined together then vanished in the blink of an eye. The red man's eyes opened wide, its mouth doing likewise. A half-breed, it said in a whisper. Yeah, one of the same, told Henry said. So just remember who you made a deal with. One that we've magically sealed. You don't want to see me again. I'm uglier than you are and who wants to see that twice in a lifetime? Now put all that crap back where it belongs. I'll go tell your new hosts how to ensure they're disturbed. Ghost doesn't bother them anymore. Jane had been regaling Michael with the events of the past 24 hours. Non stop since the fairy detective had sent them downstairs. This would have been usually fine, because Michael could participate in the conversation, but whatever filthy Henry had done to him made talking entirely impossible, and Jane was taking full advantage of her mute audience. It had to be some sort of hypnosis or something, like that guy off the television. There was no such thing as magic, it was all part of the con artist's act so that people really thought he was getting rid of ghosts and goblins from their house. From out in the hall, he heard the sound of footsteps coming down the stairs, then the door into the front room opened and Filthy Henry entered. It's done, the fairy detective said. Michael reached over to the coffee table, picked up a pen and paper. He quickly scribbled out a question and ripped off the page, crumpling it slightly and tossed it at Filthy Henry. The fairy detective caught the note. "'opened it up and read aloud. "'It's done then, is it?' he said. "'Why, yes, Michael, it is. "'Just like I said when I entered the room only two seconds ago. "'You shouldn't have any more problems with the... "'the spirit that occupied your upper floor. "'There is one thing you have to do, though, to keep the spirit away.' "'Oh, you mean you didn't kill it or exercise it or whatever it is you do?' Jane asked. "'Well, I didn't really have to kill it to make it leave. "'Just find its weakness.' If you leave a dinner plate out every night before going to bed, with three pieces of freshly washed underwear on it, the spirit will stay away. In particular your underwear, Jane. We wouldn't want to risk any of Michael's skid marks angering the spirit and bringing it back. Michael frowned at this strange instruction and wrote another note holding it up for Filthy Henry to read. Now Michael, there's no reason to swear, Filthy Henry said. So we do that every night and all the strange things around here will stop, Jane asked again twirling some strands of her hair around her little finger as she looked at Filthy Henry. The fairy detective nodded his head. In a week or two, change the brand of softener you use. Then at the end of the month, don't leave out a plate for a few nights in a row. It'll eventually get bored and move on. A strange tingling sensation started in Michael's mouth, running along his tongue and spreading to his cheeks. He guessed it was an indication that Filthy Henry's little trick was wearing off, which was great because once he could speak again, Michael had a long list of things he wanted to say to the freak in his sitting room. Now, the small matter of payment, Filthy Henry said looking at Michael, and then I'll be on my way. Jane rose from her seat, walked over to Michael and grabbed his arm. She tugged him up then pulled out his wallet. How come I have to pay for this if she's the one who wanted it? Michael thought, wishing he could scream it at her. He snatched his wallet back from Jane, opened it and pulled out fifty euro. Filthy Henry took the money and simply stared at Michael directly in the eyes. "Ah, If I was you, sunshine, I'd fork over the rest of the bill. That is, unless you want this no-voice thing to last for a few more years. The fairy detective sounded like that statement was more a promise than a threat. Something about how he was standing suggested that very few people ever tried their luck with him. Grudgingly, Michael pulled out another hundred euro and handed it over. Filthy Henry smiled took the rest of the money and put it all into his pocket. Pleasure doing business with you. Don't worry, I'll show myself out. He nodded at them both then left the room. Jane sat down on the couch and turned on the television with the remote, flicking through the channels. But Michael stood there, wallet in hand, feeling the tingle spread throughout his mouth and down his throat. The night's events were grating on him. This random stranger had come into his home, done some hocus-pocus and walked away with three times what Michael thought the service was worth. That could just not stand. He threw his wallet on the couch and followed Filthy Henry out into the hall. There were several pieces of his mind he wanted to share with the suit-wearing Muppet. Magic tricks be damned. Filthy Henry collected his trench coat from the end of the banisters, pulled it on, then opened the front door and stepped outside. It was still raining, although not nearly as bad as it had been when he arrived. He pulled up his collar and buttoned up the coat. He heard movement behind him and turned around to see Michael approaching. The glow of the silencing spell around his mouth fading rapidly as it wore off. Oh, there's always one, he thought. But from here are you, Michael said, fighting the residual effect of the spell to unload whatever was on his mind. That's you Right now Filthy Henry did not want to deal with some irate moron who wanted to negotiate the fee. More so, because these conversations usually ended up the same way, with fists flying about the place and the noses of fairy detectives getting thumped. Unluckily for Michael, Filthy Henry still had an abundance of magical energy left inside him since he had not needed to use any with the red man. Enough energy for one really long-lasting, funny spell. The one that sprang to mind would resolve the situation quite nicely. He aimed his hand at Michael. Shulodain adi. Filthy Henry said, gesturing with a flick of his hand, a little blue orb appeared in the air and rushed straight towards Michael, hitting him directly in the chest. The man watched in amazement as his hands, seemingly with a mind of their own, started to take off his clothes in under a minute. He was fully naked, standing in the hallway, staring at filthy Henry. Oh, sir, Michael said, looking panicked and struggling to get control of his hands once more. I'd say you'll be more embarrassed than sorry in an hour or two, Filthy Henry said, turning around and walking down the driveway. At the gate he looked back over his shoulder and saw Michael taking an awkward step forward, like a giant drunk baby learning to walk. He took another step, then another, slowly and stiffly making his way down the garden towards the gate. Rain hit his naked body and made it glisten in the streetlight. The look on his face was one of intense concentration as he tried to regain control over his seemingly wayward body. Ah, that'll earn him, the fairy detective thought. Filthy Henry left the gate open, not wanting to hinder Michael on his walk, then headed home. Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective is a novel by Derek Power. Other Filthy Henry novels are available to buy on Amazon Kindle. This completely free audiobook podcast version was narrated by Niall Milton.